Moncrief on News Talk. There is something to the idea that cats are more self-sufficient than dogs, but it's not entirely true, and it probably greatly contributes to the fact that there are far more facilities to kennel your dog than to look after your cat. One of those few facilities is the Emmadale Cattery, run by Emma Martin. Good afternoon, Emma. Good afternoon. Uh, uh, now, I kind of going to anticipate your answer here in a way, but would you say that to, to a certain extent, in ter- certainly in terms of animal welfare, that, that cats are kind of like the poor relations and everybody thinks about dogs? Absolutely, yeah. They're definitely second in line to dogs, which which you can understand in one sense. Obviously, a lot more people seem to be attached to their dogs, but I just feel that cats would be quite undervalued, I suppose, as pets. Yeah, and are, are cats kind of abandoned a lot? Yeah, there would be. I suppose there's a lot, there's a huge problem, I suppose, with breeding of cats and cats not being neutered. So there is a, a high population of feral cats. So um, I suppose that's what people look at when they look at cats a lot of the time to see the kind of street cats that are malnourished and not very healthy looking, you could say. So uh, that turns a lot of people off cats, really. Yeah. And in in your category, are, are, where have your cats come from? So all these cats, it's a mixture. Some people would have purebred cats that have been bred um, for a specific breed. Others are rescue cats that have come into animal shelters and and if they came in as sick animals that have been um, treated and rehomed and then these people are bringing them to me and then others are just people who would have had cats that would have had kittens or rescued kittens themselves. Right, and so are you then also hoping to, to find a home for those kittens? No, so all these cats that I have, these all belong to people. So basically, I look after them when they go on when their owners go on holidays. Right, I see. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So and, it's basically a, a cat hotel, basically for people on holidays. And is it again? Sorry, if I'm if I'm uh, uh, plugging <laughs> on a stereotype here, but I assume it's easier to look after cats. You don't have to walk a cat. Well, you certainly don't have to walk a cat. No, but I, I suppose they certainly do need interaction, and yeah, they are a lot easier than dogs in the sense that. The noise element as well, they're a lot quieter. Um, and, um, yeah, there's a lot less time at walking them. But, of course, with spending time with them, I mean, you do need to understand cats. It's kind of like, it's the cat's way or no way a lot of the time with cats. Mm. Um, in the sense that if you mess with a cat, um, they, they won't react very well to it. So um, a lot of people will get, like, uh, bites and scratches from cats because they're not really handling the, handling them properly. So what do you do to keep them entertained? So I suppose younger kittens, and some of the times when you have a couple of kittens in together, you can let them into a play area together and they can, with owner's consent, they can play um, to have cat toys and have tunnels and cat trees for them to play on. Um, the older cats, a lot of them would just like a bit of affection, really, and some of them like to be groomed. So you just would spend a bit of time socialising with them, really. Um, and uh, my mum actually does often refer to me as a uh, Dr. Doolittle so she'd often hear me out the garden talking to the animals so they do um, appreciate like a little bit of human interaction So, And do you have to be a bit careful about keeping them separate from each other? Absolutely yeah, cats would fight uh, a lot of adult cats wouldn't mix very well so um, they would uh, be quite territorial and would fight a lot So Okay, so you kind of have to stagger the times that you kind of let them out? Yeah, you would, yeah. You'd have to alternate them. So if you have 10 cats there, you'd have to alternate them 10 individual times. So Yeah. And so would, would it be noisy? Is there a lot of meowing? Uh, at speed times, definitely, yes. <laughs> Some of them are quite demanding. So 
Um, but yeah, as I said, they're never as noisy as the dogs, though. So. Yeah, but you don't have any dogs. No, I have two pet dogs of my own, but I don't board dogs here. No. Okay, and do you board anything apart from cats? So I do mind rabbits and guinea pigs and small furries, basically. So hamsters and gerbils as well. Oh right, okay. Yeah. And do the cats so. ever look at like the hamsters and gerbils and go, "That's dinner"? <laughs> well, I'm sure they would if they could. But um, I have them housed in a, in a separate building altogether, so um, they don't uh, interact with each right. other. Obviously, so they don't so. even know they're there. That's in, uh, that's yeah. in the, the the east wing of uh, of the hotel. Um, th- yes. Now you were pri- prior to this, you were you were a veterinary nurse. I was indeed. Yeah, I was veterinary nursing for almost eighteen years. So okay, and and. Did you? Why did you give that up? Is it, it, it? Is it perhaps a bit more stressful than people imagine? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, people don't realise the the pressures that's in the veterinary industry. Really, that's on particularly on vets, and uh, more so than the nurses even. But it's very, it's a very emotional environment to work in, um, and obviously can. It's kind of a career that you can't just shut off when you leave work at six o'clock. Like you do bring stuff home with you, um, because there are kind of uh, tough days that you have to deal with, particularly in terms of, say, euthanasias um, mm. of the animals. Yeah. And is that a regular, would that have been a regular feature of your work? Um, some weeks. Like some days you might have five euthanasias in one day and then you mightn't get one for another two weeks. But I suppose they all hit you differently um, because um, certain ones would come in that you might have, it might have been an old dog that might have been sick for a couple of months before being euthanized and so it would have been in quite regularly. So you do build a bond with the dog and with the owners. So it's very hard then when you have to basically tell them like that's the end of the road. So yeah. um, it's a lot of pressure on the vet then because basically they're the ones that have to make a call on it. Um, so that's why like I don't know whether people realize but there is quite a high suicide rate in veterinary. Um, so with mental health and stuff. So it's um it's a tough game for the best really, and I don't think people actually realise just how tough it is. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, because yeah. I suppose whatever about putting the animal to sleep, telling their owner, especially if they've had them for years and years, that must be really difficult. Oh yeah, and the thing is, like animals aren't animals anymore; they're actually family members to a lot of people now. So it's and sometimes that's all people have is their pets. Like I remember. One story that really got me actually was an elderly gentleman came in. His dog had been sick for quite some time, but he was a widow and recently lost his wife. So um, his dog, he literally said to me one day on reception, he said, the dog is all I have. I've no other family. So then when it turned, then a couple of weeks later, when the dog took a turn for the worse and had to be put down, it was heartbreaking watching that old man just break down in front of you saying he had nothing left. So... um, you do bring stuff like stuff like that home with you. You kind of like I remember that evening. Uh, I was like the earlier days of my veterinary nursing career, and I remember going home that evening and think, oh, I couldn't get him out of my head for the day. So um, I actually had to ring him the following day just to check in to see how he was doing because certain stories like that just hit you, you know. Oh no, absolutely. And I suppose you can't just say, well, we'll get you another dog because it's too soon. Exactly. Yeah. Cause no, no two dogs are the same, or two cats, or whatever you have, you know. Yeah. And in your in your category now, with a lot of the time, uh, are, are these families going on holidays or whatever? That, 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 that yeah, so most of the time people, yeah, would be going uh, holidaying or if people are renovating their house sometimes, they need to get the cat out of the house. So the cat would come stay with me for a couple of weeks. 
Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I, like, are you getting, are you are you pretty, very much in demand? Do people have to book months in advance to get a spot? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Huge demand for it. Um, and I suppose the uh, thing as well is that some cats would be on medications as well. So, um, like, there's a lot of cats that would be diabetic, say, so they need insulin injections twice a day. Really? Yeah, so people don't realise, yeah. But no. there's a lot of, uh, in the animal industry, there's a lot of uh, human ailments there too, so... Um, but yeah, diabetes is a big problem in cats, so it is an issue for people to try and find somewhere to take cats um, when they need to be injected. And so, do the cats just develop it spontaneously, or are they like eating too much chocolate, or what's going on? <laughs> well, it's not the chocolate, but uh, yeah, the diet is probably a big part, but um, yeah, it's no different than people, really, they can just develop it, so... Um, yeah, and so you need to have somebody who's qualified, such as you, uh, to administer those objections, uh, those injections. Yeah, because a lot of people aren't comfortable, I suppose, and you're not comfortable giving injections. A lot of places won't take them in. So that was a thing. Another thing when I was in the vet, um, we were housing, we were putting up cats in the in the vet hospital, basically for people going on holidays because nobody else would take them in for the injections. Oh, God, that's a shame. So it's not really great. It'd be yeah. like us checking into a hospital for our holiday, so it's not yes. really great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emma, keep up the good work. That was Emma Martin there, owner of Emma Dale Cattery and Small Pet Boarding. Emma, thanks a million. Many thanks, Owen. Take care. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.